our first reading is from the 22nd chapter of Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, Go down to the house of the king of Judah and speak there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, who sits on the throne of David, you and your servants, and your people who enter these gates. Thus says the Lord, Do justice and righteousness, and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. Do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. For if you will indeed obey this word, then there shall enter the gates of this house kings who sit on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their servants and their people. But if you will not obey these words, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. For thus says the Lord concerning the house of the king of Judah, you are like Gilead to me, like the summit of Lebanon, yet surely I will make you a desert, an uninhabited city. I will prepare destroyers against you, each with his weapons, and they shall cut down your choicest cedars and cast them into the fire. And many nations will pass this city, and every man will say to his neighbor, Why has the Lord dealt this thus with this great city? And they will answer, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped other gods and served them. Weep not for him who is dead, nor grieve for him. But weep bitterly for him who goes away, for he shall return no more to see his native land. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from the 25th chapter of Matthew. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. While they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue our recitation of the small catechism with the Lord's Prayer. What is the introduction to the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven. What does this mean? With these words... God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true Father 
and that we are his true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask him as dear children ask their dear Father. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This passage that we just read from the Lord's Prayer has some very sweet words in them regarding God. The meaning, Luther wrote, said this, God tenderly invites us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children. You know, it doesn't say that Luther didn't write it to say that he forces you. or You must. No, it's this beautiful invitation. He tenderly invites you to believe. He is your true father, and we are his true children. We don't think about that enough, I don't think. We think about who's your father, who's your child. We often think just biologically. But how often do we immediately think of God? Who do we think of that? And we, we could, and we should. It's a wonderful invitation that our Heavenly Father gives to us so that we can regard him as our true father. And as with a true father, he cares for us and watches out for us. And sometimes as a true father, he disciplines us. Not unjustly or cruelly or vindictively, but out of love. We see this especially today in our Old Testament passage from Jeremiah. We read some of Jeremiah, I believe, last week, and the same event is occurring now. Jeremiah is warning the Jews in Israel of what's going to happen. If they don't repent from worshiping false gods, they were going to be invaded and carried off into a 70-year captivity in Babylon, modern-day Iraq. And this did occur in roughly 586, 587 B.C. But not without warning. As a good father, God spoke to his people through Jeremiah. And he warned them what that would happen. He said this. Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. And do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless and the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. For if you will indeed obey this word, then there shall enter the gates of this house kings who sit on the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, they and their servants and their people. It's a beautiful picture God paints for the Israelites, what their life could look like in Israel if they continue to live a life of faith and having faith in God and God alone. Well, As with a good father, yes, he paints what could happen if you listen and obey your true father. And as a good father, he also warns them what will happen if they don't. Almost reminds me of how God spoke first to Adam and Eve, his first children. This is what God warned them of what would happen if they don't. But if you will not obey these words, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. For thus says the Lord concerning the house of the king of Judah, many nations will pass by this city 
And every man will say to his neighbor, Why has the Lord dealt thus with this great city? And they will answer, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped other gods and served them. Sad, but that's what happened. Their city was slowly over a period of about a year destroyed, picked at. Every once in a while, a couple little towns were whisked whisked off, the people taken away, the towns leveled with fire, destroyed, until finally it came to Jerusalem. And everything was wiped out. You know, in our church year right now, we're coming to what's called the end of the church year. It's next couple Sundays. And even our reading right now from the Gospels covers basically this end of the church year. And you'll notice very often that these readings deal with end times, warning. These are also what we're talking about today in our Old Testament passage. For those Jews, for them, it felt like it was the end of the world. To have their city destroyed, their nation destroyed that God promised to them, and to have them carried off into Babylon, the dreaded Babylonians, they felt like life was ending. This is what Jesus also warned the virgins today, the young ladies who were waiting for the bridegroom to come, that they should always be prepared for that coming, not living slothful, lazy days in the faith, but always trusting the promises of their God. Some of them, when when the bridegroom did come, were shut out because they refused to be prepared, even though their God had warned them. Their Father had warned them. For us, when we think about that, we may think those are scary times. But I think maybe we could think of it differently. Loving. After all, didn't our Heavenly Father just invite us today to regard him as our true father and we are his true children? We don't have to look at the end times or the end of our lives whenever those come, whenever that day comes, in fear or in terror. Instead, we can approach those days knowing that our God is very loving and very merciful, kind and gracious beyond what any of us deserve. I myself am struck by that time and time again, how gracious our God is to us, who don't deserve it. And to prove that, we just have to think back to the words of our Lord, who as he was being crucified and hanging on a cross, And being spit on by these soldiers below him. He prayed to his father in heaven. And he said, Father, forgive them. For they do not know what they are doing. That is the graciousness of our God. Our true heavenly father. Who is gracious to us. Merciful to us. Loving to us. All because of Christ. And what Christ has done for us. So whether we are like the Jews who feel like their world is falling apart. Or whether we are like the virgins who are prepared or scared of whether they are prepared enough or not. 
For all of us, it's the same. We look to our Lord Jesus Christ to know that because of him and through him, we are prepared. Not by our own doings, but solely because of him. And we can always rely and trust in him and have faith in him as the reason why God, our Heavenly Father, will be merciful to us and why we are adopted as children of God. It's always because of Christ. It always has been and it always will be. And because of that, you can have great comfort and peace no matter what days ahead come to us. Because our Lord Jesus Christ has already fought the battle and he's won. And he did it for you. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.